Let's pray together, shall we? Father, I just want to pray this morning that all of us together would be encouraged and stimulated and provoked to love and good works. Father, I pray that uh, TMP will find benefit from the things that we look at this weekend. Lord, I pray that our senses would be so much more aware of the lost around us. Lord, I pray that you would help us as we are part of a growing church not to become complacent and feel we've arrived. But Lord, I pray, touch our hearts for the harvest today. Lift our sights for the harvest today. Holy Spirit, may we be very responsive to you. May we learn to hear your voice and your nudge to go and speak to those around us and to share with them what you want to share with them at that particular moment, not to give them everything all at once. So, Lord, we just submit ourselves today to your word. Let it do us good. And then let us live in the good of it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 It says in verse 29, Now Moses said to Hobab, son of Ruel, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law, We are setting out for the place about which the Lord said, I will give it to you. Come with us. And we will treat you well, for the Lord has promised good things to Israel. And he answered, no, I will not go. I'm going back to my own land and my own people. But Moses said, please do not leave us. You know where we should camp in the wilderness. And you can be our eyes. And if you come with us, we will share with you whatever good things the Lord gives us. So they set out from the mountain of the Lord and they traveled for three days. The Ark of the Covenant of the Lord went before them during those three days to find them a place to rest. The cloud of the Lord was over them by day when they set out from the camp. And whenever the Ark set out, Moses said, Rise up, O Lord, may your enemies be scattered. May your foes flee before you. And whenever it came to rest, he said, Return, Lord, to the countless thousands of Israel. There's a saying that bad news travels fast. Is that a saying we still use in, is in Canada as well? Mm-hmm. But it, I think it also could be said that good news travels fast. It's amazing how quickly good news travels. My, my secretary at work, Jess, recently got engaged. And uh, when I shared it with the church, uh, I, I couldn't believe how many cell phones came out uh, looking around. Everybody was telling, hey, Jess has got to go. The place went crazy. And Jess wasn't with us on that occasion. But she was, she was out with Tom, her fiancé, and she said, man, when did you tell the church? And she said, I, I'd like so many messages. And I mean, good news travels fast. When you've got good news, it's a bit like when I told you, I was at the hospital, these two people gave their lives to Christ. I went into Tim Hortons. I wanted to tell everybody. I wanted to get the news out there that people had found Jesus Christ. When you've got good news, you just want to share it. You want to get it out there with people. And Moses is setting out for the place that the Lord has given to him. He knows. This is the land. God has given it to him. And they have the pillar of fire in front of them and the cloud. And, and uh, he is going knowing that there is certain blessing ahead. That's where Moses is at this time. He has the assured presence of the Lord with him. And God is taking them to a land 
that he has picked out for them. And, and he turns to his brother-in-law and he says to him, come with us and we will share with you the good things the Lord shares with us. We will, we will share with you whatever God gives to us. And I think when you're carrying good news, you just have that desire to get it out there. I love that story Nicky Gumbel tells of when his uh, son is born and he gets on the phone and he phones, I think he phones his mum and then he phones his mother-in-law and after that he can't get through to anybody because his mum and his mother-in-law are phoning everybody else on the list. And he's like, I wanted to tell him, I wanted to tell him. And, and, he kept, and, and in the end he managed to get through to an aunt or someone and she says, oh, I heard the good news. Because good news, when you've got it, you want everybody to be in on it. You want people to enjoy that and be involved. And so we find him that he has members of his own household. He has members you know, of uh, his, his brother-in-law, people who are, who are camped around them. And he's about to go on this journey. And he wants them to be blessed as he has been blessed. And as he is assured of the blessing. And that's the background feeling of all that we're reading in God's word this morning. That's how Moses is feeling about his brother-in-law, Hobab. He really wants him to enter into the blessing that he's got. And so he says these words to him. Come with us and we will do you good. And uh, are you aware, first of all, of the circle of people around you? Are you aware of those who want to hang with you, who are unbelievers? Do you make time in your busy lives for those who are not of the household of faith. I find it something I have to be very disciplined about. If I don't carve out some time, I know it won't happen. And so even at the beginning, you know, just seeing that, that Moses is aware of his, his community and who is not a follower of the Lord. And just, you know, just want to encourage you. This weekend, if you, if, you, if you don't do anything else out of this weekend, make time for the lost. Make time for those on the outside. Because then you're going to know the blessing of seeing them come to Christ. And Moses turns to him. Moses wants him to be blessed. Moses wants him to share in and not miss out on all that God's going to do as the people of God. Because he knows for sure in his life that they are a people of blessing. And I want to say that about TMP. Listen, you are carrying the blessing of God. You're carrying the favor of God upon you. You need to know that. You need to be assured of that every single day. I was uh, baptizing some people recently. And uh, we meet in a community center with a swimming pool. And so it means we have to have the lifeguards there and all that sort of stuff has to take place. And as I was baptizing uh, a number of guys, actually, that morning, we had four guys respond to the gospel uh, a few weeks ago, and, and as I was baptizing them, I baptized, and as I came up, I looked at one, the, the guards, and they were all standing on the side, crying. They were so affected by the testimonies of these peoples. And I looked, and as I looked, I thought, I need to speak to these people. And so within a week, I'd written some letters to them, I put my personal tract inside, and I'd given it uh, in at the office, saying, these are, these are some letters of thanks for those who served us so well. And uh, one of the guys last weekend, he, was, uh, he saw me through the glass because all the, the parents sit behind the glass. And he came around and he said to me, thank you so much for your story. I really enjoyed it. And he said, and thank you for allowing us to be there at the baptism. I wanted to know my life was affected by that. Now, he didn't come to Christ, but I felt I was sown into his life. Listen, we got to be aware. As I came up, 
I became aware that God was at work. Are you aware that God is not only with you, but he's at work around you? We must click into that. We must realize that those around. And so Moses is all fired up about this calling and this promise of God. And he asks Hobab to come with him. And, Moses, and uh, Hobab says, no. Ever had that said to you about anything? Hey, you want to come on Alpha? We're doing this. No. You want to come to this church meeting? You know, we're doing this. Hey, you want to come on this marriage night? You know? No. No, I don't want to come and I don't want to bring her anyway. I've had that said to me. And he says this, I'm going back to my own land and my own people. And we'll look at that a bit more closely in a moment. But Moses doesn't give up on him. He doesn't abandon him, but he keeps on speaking to him. He keeps, on, keeps this relationship going. I think we're far too quick to dismiss people and put them into the hard-to-get-to category. We mustn't do that. Listen, the Bible has in it hard-to-get-to people, like the Apostle Paul. Paul was killing Christians, and God saved him miraculously. And so we must be careful. And uh, I think it's important for us to see and catch the spirit in which Moses speaks to Hobab. Because not only does Moses want Hobab to be blessed, but he goes beyond that and he is totally convinced that he will be if he comes along with the people of God. Totally convinced. This for Moses is not wishful thinking. This for Moses is not hoping for the best or fingers crossed or touch wood. Rather... Moses has a settled conviction that anyone who comes and is among the people of God will for sure be blessed. That's what he believes. He has this faith. He has this conviction within himself to be able to say, come with us and we will do you good. He doesn't say we might do you good or you might be able to glean some stuff from him. He says, we will do you good. It's a certainty within his own self. What a change from the Moses we read of when he got called. The one who says, I can't speak. The one who says, what if they don't receive me? The one who says, I'm inadequate. Send somebody else. This is a very different Moses. This is one who knows that God is with him. Do you know that God is with you? Because I believe this, that the secret of success in the Christian life is knowing God is with us. I am sunk without it. I'm sunk. You see, when people phone me up and they say to me, hey, Chris, I've broken down in the snow, and, you know, and, they, and I say to them, hey, I, I'll be with you. And they get all excited about that. Well, the trouble is, I know nothing about cars. And when I arrive there, I'm a complete disaster. I mean, I can decoat the ashtray and vacuum it out for them. <laughs> but, but, you know, me saying I will be with you is, is, is not going to cut it. I just want to tell you. So... Don't ever phone me. if you're not. But actually, knowing the presence of God is with us brings us such assurance in our lives. We have the presence of God with us. I mean, are you aware in this church you are carrying the presence of God? I feel it. I feel the benefit of being among you. The presence of God is with you. Let me, let me, let me show you how this works. Now, you can be God for a moment, all right? You can all be God. I didn't want to pick someone out because that might give me a big head. And you can say to me, all right, I will be with you. All right? You can say that to me. All right? I can't raise these kids. They're, they're driving me crazy. I can't stay with my husband in this marriage any longer. I just can't see that there's any future in it. I, 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 can't, I can't do this job anymore. This job is just too much for me. I, I can't lead this life group. This is way beyond me. I just can't forgive that person. Look, I, 
I'm at the end of my rope. I just don't know what to do anymore. I can't afford to give. Oh, that was a tricky one, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, you went a bit more quiet on that one. You know, listen, I cannot reach out to my neighbours and colleagues and friends. That's the secret success. It's not me coming here and giving you some clever perspective. It's not even me coming and giving you some tools. Actually, it's knowing God is with us. And he has called us to be part of his mission. When we were called into his into relationship with God, we were called into his purposes. Come with me and I will make you fishers of men. Come with me and I'll make something of your life. When you were called into God's presence, you were called into God's purpose. Very important to see that. So Moses has this perspective, this changed man who knows God's presence is definitely with them as he speaks to his brother-in-law. He's not apologizing. He's not saying, well, you know, you can come along with us if you like, but they're all a bit religious. And he's, not, he's not embarrassed by the people of God. He's not nervous about having these people along with him. He knows and he has a settled conviction that anyone who comes along with the people of God will certainly be blessed. He will. It's a confidence we need to have as a church. We, people will find the blessing of... I, I have people come to King's Family Church and I have this attitude in my heart. I'm thankful for it. I believe anyone who comes to King's Family Church will be blessed. I don't think it might do. When they, as soon as they come in that door, I know they're going to be blessed. Anybody who's among us is going to be blessed because we carry the presence of God. We're carrying the joy of the Lord. We're carrying the answer for life. We've got the pearl of great price. We've got it all. And I know. But the trouble is, I think, often as a church, we can be more aware of the failings and the shortcomings of the church than we are of the blessings of it. We can be more aware of the style and the music type or the demographics of what our church is made up of than realizing we carry the favor of God with us every single day. And that people who get among us are likely to encounter the living God. We can actually think, well, you know, I'm not sure if they'll like it. How many times have I been proven wrong on that when people have come along and been so blessed? We're more convinced, I think, at times that church probably isn't for them than we're convinced that anyone, whether they're old or young or black or white or tall or short or fat or thin or educated or uneducated, if they come among us, they are going to find the blessing and the favor of God like we have found it because we carry God's presence. And I have this mindset. I am totally convinced. I have a settled conviction that anyone who comes along with us will be blessed. And uh, because now, as I'm looking out, you know, you can look out, you can see people now in our church who's, who've, who've got the testimony that their parenting has been helped by being part of the church. Their marriage has been helped by being part of the church. Their health has been helped as people have prayed for them. I can look out and see testimony after testimony that when people came among the people of God, their lives were never the same again. Do you have that mindset with you at TMP? Do you realize you are carrying the favor and the presence of God? I really want to impress that on you this weekend. Because if you don't think you've got something to share and something to give, you're not going to invite people to it but you're carrying the presence of God. And it's nothing to do with being a gregarious person. It's to do with knowing God's presence is upon you. Sorry, I can't remember your names who I, I brought a word to you this morning. Ben and Jill. 
Okay, Ben and Jill. I, when I was here this morning, I was sitting here. I don't know Ben and Jill from Adam. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I know Adam, actually, but I don't, I don't know Ben and Jill. But when I, when I was here, I was sitting here, and I was looking at them, and God said to me, those people are easy people to be with. I wanted to know that uh, people who can slide in alongside them, and I want you to know I'm going to bless their life as they slide in alongside this couple. God began to speak to me about them. began to speak to me about they're not noisy people. I know we're leading worship, but I, I didn't sort of sense this, that you're noisy. But I, I felt these are good people to be with. And I, I checked with the ladies behind me. These, these people seem good people to be with. And, uh, and, I, and I felt the favor of God is upon them. Now, are they gregarious? They don't strike me as very gregarious and noisy people. But actually, but actually, how great that people can just slide in alongside them and they can find help and encouragement and blessing from their lives. I have a sense of real favor on you from, my day, from the moment I walked in here today. I really do. I feel God's going to bless people through their lives. There's a gentle spirit about you, but that gentle spirit is that people are going to be able to sit with you, share their lives, and you're going to have answers to their particular issues. Um, I'd like to write out a transfer fee to get you over to us, all right? But, uh, I'm, work, I, I, I'm working, I'm working, uh, hold it, I'm working on Kevin at the moment, on that way. <laughs> Moses was not thinking about whether it was culturally relevant. He wasn't, uh, he knew that the promises of God was upon him. You know, it's not about being, I'm a noisy person, all right? You probably gathered that by now. I'm a noisy, but I'm a gregarious, but it's nothing to do with that. It's to do with the, the love of God being in our hearts and the favor of God being with us in everything we do. And knowing his power, being able to change lives and turn things around. And Moses' confidence was based on the promise of God to be with them and bless them. And that anyone who came with them would certainly be blessed. That is you as a church. That is you. You're carrying the presence of God. Are you aware of that? You see, Hobab, Hobab in this, he was a nomad. We know that he says to him, like, when we go to the desert, you can show us, you can be our eyes. See, Hobab as a, as a person was a nomad. He, he existed by going round and round and round in the desert. A bit like a carnival person or a fairground person. You know, they never seem to be at home, do they? Like, they're always on the move. That's a nomad. And it had never dawned on him that life could be different. He, he was just a carny guy. He just went on and on and just went around. That's the only life he knew. And then he bumped into the people of God. I meet a lot of hobabs in my life. I meet a lot of people whose lives are going round and round and round. Anybody meet people like that? They come back to the same old problems and the same old issues. And it's never dawned on them that life could be different. But then they get among the people of God. And suddenly they're finding the answer is Jesus. And that's what they're finding. And, you know, I, I think as I look at Hobab, you know, we, we know these people. And I think one of the other problems for us is this, when we look at this, is, you know, some of us have been Christians for so long. We've been out of the desert for so long, we've forgotten what it's like to be in the desert. We've been, we've been coming to meetings and being blessed for so many years, we've forgotten what it's like to not be a Christian and be outside of the favor of God. Empty lives, purposeless, meaningless, aimless, working to live, living to exist, living for the weekend. Praise God, I don't just live for the weekend anymore. I live every day, knowing God's presence in my life, walking with him and enjoying him. 
And many people who visit us or come into contact with us know it's a desert out there. We don't know that because we're all insulated these days with our Christian friends and it's all very nice and our dinner parties and, hmm, and our life group. But actually out there, it's a desert. People's lives are, are trashed. I had the, the joy, I think of all the things I've taken off the tape as I begin to speak. But um, we have a guy in our church, he came along to us, he was estranged from his... Uh, his girlfriend, he'd already had a child with her, and uh, he began to come along to us. We made friends with him. He was facing a, uh, a major problem at court where he had been involved in a, quite a big deal with some crack cocaine. And he just said, can you give me some help? And then we did some relationship stuff with them, and we did some parenting stuff with them, and we did all sorts of stuff with them. And then recently we went to court, and uh, at court, uh, I submitted some stuff, just speaking about how we'd been working with them. I said to them, you know, this guy now has a job. He now looks after his family. He's been reunited with his, his daughter. They're back in the home together. We're working towards marriage. And we were just working for all this stuff. And I'm just sharing it. And I went to court probably four times over the last two years. And I went to court this time. And a few weeks ago, I, I, the judge turned to him as he was sentencing him. And he said to him, I want you to know that day after day after day, I have people coming in here saying, oh, my life has changed, oh, my life has changed, oh, my life has changed. He said, but as I look out from this dock today at you, I see a life truly changed. And he said, I want you to know that I'm going to be every help to you so that you don't lose all the good things that have been built into your life. And I'm sitting there, saying, thank you, God. And then he sentenced him to, um, eight, he was going to have 18 months in prison. He was actually in prison for about nine days. And then there, he said, uh, when, you, when you come out, and when we've, we've worked something out, he said, I want you to know that uh, you know, I'm going to have certain times. Uh, Sundays, okay. Sundays, you, you're out of the house till two o'clock. I'm going to make that so that you can be at King's Family Church because that's clearly making a big difference in your life. Uh, what night? You, you need to go to that course that night, so you're going to be at church that night. And I'm sitting there thinking, the guy's getting sentenced to King's Family Church. <laughs> That's a weird feeling. And as I sat there, do you know what came through my head? Come with us and we will do you good. And so I, I just pleaded with the judge, look, we've built so, they've, been, they've, they've climbed so many ladders with us. They've, we've been doing such a lot of work in them. Don't give them a big long snake that they're going to go back to one again. And the judge heard that. And, and, the, and a wonderful thing on that day was the prosecution stood up and said, we would like to say we'd like to send a letter agreeing with what your honour has said today to the prison so that quickly he can be released and be back in his job and be supporting his family. We see the change in this man's life. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? I, I praise God that we meet nomads. We meet people who didn't think their life could be any different and we can share with them the good things that God has shared in our lives. We can put it into their lives. And I believe when somebody comes along to be with us as a people. As they encounter the people of God, they encounter the life of God. They encounter people who've got friendship with God. And they look on and say, whatever you guys are on, we want it. I love that. Moses is so convinced that the blessing of God is with him and with them, he even promises stuff he hasn't even got yet. Because he says, come with us and we will share you, with you whatever good things the Lord gives us. He hasn't even got it yet. But he's convinced that when he does get it, he's going to be able to give it away. 
That's how convinced he is of the favor of God in his life. Are you convinced of the favor of God in your life? As I encounter person after person in my life, whether it's in a coffee bar or whether it's in Cora's. Do you have Cora's in this? I'm going to go to Cora's while I'm here. That's a a good haunt for me to meet people. Um, There's a a guy... There's a guy who serves us. We, we meet at um, 6 o'clock every week in the morning at Cora's on a Thursday. And there's a guy who serves us every single week. And it came to the point where he said to me, what do you guys do? How do you get to be that joyful at 6 o'clock in the morning? Like, he, said, he opens up and he's like, oh, get the coffee earlier. What is it? And I pulled out my track and said, I found Jesus. And like, this is the story of how God reconciled me and brought me into a relationship. And we're, we're Christians. We just love being together. And we love the way you serve us. So he walked off and, you know, it's six o'clock in the morning. There's not a lot of people in chorus but us. And he's standing there reading my track. And I love it. You see, we are a people of whom God has said, I will bless you and I will be with you. And all the ends of the earth will be blessed through you. We're part of that seed. We're God's chosen people. We're the apple of his eye. God loves us and is with us. We need to be assured of that in our own lives. We are, God's word tells us we are letters written by God to be read by men. You're a letter to be read. What are people reading from your life? What are your colleagues reading from your life? Are they reading the joy of salvation? I love the way Gary brought something last night to us um, about the incarnation. He was talking about the whole thing of God came and he came into a body. And I was thinking as he was speaking, and I was sort of with him on it, and I was thinking, how limiting was that? How limiting, as he was speaking, how limiting. God, the God of all glory, the Lord of all creation, the the mighty one came down and he was living in a body. And it comes a point where Jesus was on the earth and he said, you know what, I'm going. And the disciples were like, man, what what, what are you doing? We We don't want you to go. And you know why? Because Jesus had chosen an even better body to get his work done through. And that is us. We are the body of Christ. Come with us as the body of Christ, and we will do you good. You see, it's not about one individual. It's about you corporately as a people. God wants to use you to gather up, to swallow up, as I said last night, those whose lives are going nowhere. The hobabs. Can you think of a hobab as you sit here? Someone whose life is going round and round. Get some time with them and share with them something about God's love and grace. The church is the dwelling place of God. We need to realize we, we carry God's presence. We have a God who fills us with his spirit. And uh, that's, that's what God wants us to be doing. Moses, Moses sees in Hobab, before he even says yes to coming on the journey, he even sees ways where Hobab can serve them in the future. I think there's some good insight there. And I've noticed that when we have new people come along to our church, the quicker we get them to serve in some aspect, we find that actually helps them to become part and to rub shoulders with the people of God. And I would just want to encourage you to, when, when a visitor comes along, don't be very dismissive about them. But actually, you know, I mean, I did say last night, the guy who said to me, how Jesus do I have to be to play in the worship team? I mean, I think there are limits to what you can do with them. I don't get them up to preach or anything. But, but if they say, can I serve? Hey, it'd be great if you could turn up and help us put chairs out and, and do the tear, you know, tear down and set up. We'd love you to come and help with that. And it's amazing how people feel part and come along with us in that. And he was welcomed among the people of God. 
And, uh, and often when that happens, people get more than they bargained for, more than they signed up for, because they encounter the people of God and they are never the same again. The other thing is, just to say about evangelism that I really feel is really important, and that is when you meet somebody, pray for them. Pray for them. I, I'm often stunned when people say to me at church, like, I saw him in that couple over there again. And they've been with us like three weeks. I'm thinking, are you not praying for them? Have you, you know, you met them. If you're praying for them, you'll remember their name. It's a good way to get to know their name. Pray for them every day. Lord, I'm going to pray for that couple who came on Sunday. Pray for them by name. And you get to know them. You meet them and you can engage them. We exist to be a blessing. Actually, in Romans 15, verse 24, we read about um, Paul. He's on this journey and he speaks about a church. He says this, I long to be with you and visit you so you can assist me on my journey after I have enjoyed your company for a while. That sounds to me like a good church to be with. That sounds like a church where you can say, come with us and we'll do you good. And I think you are that sort of people. You are that sort of... Listen, be embracing of those who come among you. Please don't leave it to somebody else. Because I believe we exist to be a blessing. I was reading this this morning, and I just want to finish with this really, but I was reading this morning the story of the talents. Where everyone was given a talent, these three guys were given a talent, and one of them buried his in the ground, and the other two invested what they had. And I was just struck with just, just a couple of points from that. Because actually, when you read about that story, you can think it's about, oh, them increasing their wealth. It's not. It's about them advancing the master's cause. It's about something that we have been given by God, and we need to use it to enhance and to move forward the kingdom of God. So when these guys were investing their lives and, and giving, they were advancing the master's cause. And it's about the life that God has given to us. And one guy wasted it. He dug a hole, stuck it in the ground. And do you know why? He had the wrong view of the master. He had the wrong view. He thought that he had this sort of tyrant of a boss. Actually, if you read the story, he's not like that at all. He's very generous. He actually takes the guys who were his servants and he makes them his partners in business at the end of it. And I I was just looking this morning, as I read this through... We need to make sure we don't waste our lives thinking that the lives we have are our lives. Listen, God has given you this life to live and to bear fruit through. It's not your life to live just for you. It's to, to, in, to advance the kingdom of God, to enhance what God is doing. Secondly, don't waste your life not realizing you exist for a purpose. God has purposes for every one of us. It says, we are God's workmanship, created, what? For good works in Christ Jesus. You are created to bear fruit. I think it's very important for every one of us to put ourselves in there, thinking, what are we doing with our talent? Are we burying it? Or are we being used for God's glory? What are you doing with your talent? Thirdly, don't waste your life not knowing what God is like. Because the more we know what God is like, the more we want to serve him and love him. I shared that last night. And, and last of all, don't waste your life on a wrong definition of success. You know, we are, we're living in days where success is about what you accumulate. Listen, I believe a life that is successful is a life that it really brings and moves forward the kingdom of God. 
Is your life bearing fruit? And can you actually say to others with confidence because God's presence is with you, come with us and we will do you good. Listen, I I want you to know if you catch anything from my spirit, because I do sometimes feel as we're speaking, there's something you catch from people's spirit. I want you to catch this from me today. I have a, a settled conviction. I have a confidence that anyone, anyone at all who comes along with God's people will be blessed. So whose job is evangelism? It's ours. It's ours. Every person is needed. Every person is valuable. Every person has a different testimony that they may connect with a different person. We must be a people on mission together. Come with us. Come with us. Come with, come with TMP. Come with us and we will do you good. We will share with you whatever good things the Lord has shared with us. That is the heart and mindset that will make you fruitful. I really believe that. That's a mindset for the harvest. I'm hoping that if any visitor dares to come to your church tomorrow, they are going to be swamped. And when they're going to be like overrun with people coming to them saying, hey, let me chat to you, let me get to them. But you know what? I love that. I love that about looking out on a Sunday morning and seeing unbelievers being engaged as people share their lives with them and share coffee with them and take an interest in their lives. When people come in, no matter what it is, your home group, whether it's coming to uh, your kids' uh, thing called play date, whatever it is, they're among you and you can do them good as you share Christ with them. Let's pray together. Father, I want to pray for TMP as a people right now. I want to pray, would you give them a mindset where they know that they are carrying the favor of God? Lord, I pray right now that you would just get that to really just percolate right down into their lives. We carry your love and favor in our lives. And then we can share it with others. Lord, I pray that TMP would be a church where people say, I went there and they did me good. I went there and they shared the love of God with me. Lord, I pray that we would not have a small-mindedness about your presence with your church. Lord, I pray that you would anoint our eyes to see the lost. Lord, I pray that you'd anoint our hearts to embrace the lost and to draw them in. And I pray, Lord, that the, the whole outlook of this church would be this. Come with us and we will do you good. We, Lord, I, I just thank you. Thank you for those in my own church that I've been able to look at in the eye on their first Sunday and say to them, if you stay with us for a year, you will be unrecognizable. And Father, I thank you. When I use that term now in our church, I see a sea of hands go up who heard that on their first visit. Lord, I pray that you'd give us many people in this church who we can say, if you stick with us for a year, your life will be unrecognizable because we will share with you the goodness of God and you will come to know God's presence. You'll come to know God's peace. You'll come to know God's help. You'll you'll come to know a changed life, a transformation that will be taking place in your life because you are coming along with the people of God who have the favor of God.
So, Lord, would you lift our mindset? Would you lift our eyesights? Would you cause our hearts, Lord, to rejoice in our own salvation? Lord, I pray, would you help us to remember what it was like when we were in the desert, when we were outside of Christ? Lord, what a mess we were. But, Lord, how thrilled we are now to be part of your kingdom. How thrilled we are now to be part of your people, to be living under the favor of God. Help us not to forget that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.